Maybe I'm crazy, but Tom Brady is king petty. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Welcome to Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today we talk to Chris Godwin, wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, formerly number 12, now number 14, but always 12 in our hearts. He tells us a little bit about his conversations with Tom Brady and how he ended up giving Tom Brady number 12 and what he expects from the Bucs this season and what he's doing to stay in shape during quarantine. Also, we'll have the whole gang in, Crazy Gang, Heller, T, and Donnie, and a very special announcement. Donnie is engaged! Congrats to Donnie and Janae. So excited for you guys. Can't wait. You guys are going to have the most beautiful wedding, and I'm so happy for you. We're all so happy for you, so that's very exciting news to all the Crazy Gang fans out there. Make sure you say congratulations to Donnie and Janae. Awesome. Well, let's get started with Chris Godwin. So very excited to talk to Chris Godwin, who's who's been in the news a lot lately, um, which we'll get to in a second. But how are you doing? How is uh, how's everything going? Obviously, wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Bucks, um, mm-hmm. who have a new quarterback now, Penn State Nittany Lion, which I'm from Pittsburgh, so I'm gonna ask you a little bit about that later. Um, a lot of people that went to Penn State, but how are you doing right now? How's your off season training going and all that? Yeah, um, everything's been going uh, pretty good so far. Um, obviously, the virus is trying to put a hold on, on everything that everybody's been doing. So um, just kind of getting creative with my workouts has been the biggest challenge. Um, trying to do a lot of workouts, like a lot of – I've been doing way too many push-ups. I need to stop and start changing it up, do some cardio or something. Um, but uh, outside of that, you know, I'm, everything's good. I'm healthy. Um, so I, that's the, the biggest positive in this all. Where are you right now? Uh, I'm in Tampa. I, I stay here year round. Just you know, I can't. I can't seem to escape the sunshine. <laughs> no, I lived in Miami for ten years, so yeah, I totally, totally understand. So you are you able to get outside and and run at all, or do you have a yeah. bike? Yeah, yeah. So we're not like we're not like on lockdown, like or anything like that. Um, so I I try to take you know go outside and run, you know, like for some cardio, but also just take a couple walks just to get some fresh air and really just not be in a house. You know? What, where would you normally be in your off-season training right now? Like, what would you normally be doing if all of this wasn't going on? Um, so I'm normally based out of Tampa, but I, uh, I make a couple trips to, like, uh, Dallas and L.A. to go see a couple, uh, couple of my trainers and do some receiver stuff uh, in, in Dallas with D-Rob and then, uh, you know, work with my guy Ryan Flaherty out in L.A. What's, uh, what do you miss most? Like, what's, what would you normally be doing that is – is driving you crazy that you can't do right now besides working out of course yeah um really just being able to go out and do stuff um like whether it's something as simple as like going out to dinner or you know or going to a movie or shoot, even like going bowling or something uh just being able to go out like with your friends and really just kick it um i kind of feel like everybody's cooped up now and everybody's just itching to get outside are you a good bowler Am I a good bowler? I'm an average bowler. Uh, I got some friends that are really good bowlers, so I think one day I'll be there with them. But I'm not gonna try to hype myself up right now. <laughs> I'm a I'm a terrible bowler, and yeah. I have I have long nails too, so it's kind of pointless for me to like try yeah. to be good at bowling. But I'm one of those people that does like the grandma role. Yeah. But bowling's yeah, fun though. It's more fun if you're good at it. I'm super competitive, so it's like that's why I probably don't like to do it because I don't like to do stuff I'm yeah. not good at. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I think I think it's a lot more fun too. Like when you're with people who are like similar skill level, you know. Like if one person is really good, then like and everybody else is trash. Like that's not fun for anybody involved. You know what I mean? Exactly. I couldn't agree more. So you have a new quarterback, and mm-hmm. you were in the news a little bit over the past couple of weeks because you know he wears number twelve, and you wore number twelve, and you wore number twelve in college. How long have you been wearing number twelve? Um, since I was 14, so I so, was uh, freshman year of high school, um, and then ward in college, like you said, and then uh, up until now, really. Um, so it was, uh, it was very interesting, and it still kind of feels weird, like, we just, like, released, like, you know, like, the pictures from, like, the jerseys and stuff like that, and just seeing, like, the 14, it looks a bit strange to me, but, uh, I think it's, I think it's uh, going to be something that grows on me, um, something I kind of make my own, and at the end of the day, it's the player that makes the number anyway, you know? Yeah, but having a number you can get emotionally attached to, like that's been your number since high school. So I totally yeah. understand that. So what when you found out that Tom Brady was coming, was mm-hmm. that was that your first thought? Like, 
like you're excited he's coming then you're like oh wait he wears yeah. 12. yep that's exactly what happened so i was excited just because like if, if tom brady joins your team why would you not be excited you know just as a player as a competitor um and then i was like like after that, i was like man like he's probably I, i'm gonna have to have that phone call at some point in time and uh yeah it definitely came <laughs> uh definitely came but you know i, I wasn't um like I was, I'm not too, you know, heartbroken about it, you know, just because, like I say, it's the what he's done in this game, just kind of like the person like that he is. Like I'm, you know, out of respect, just I, I was happy to give it to him, you know, and I'm sure I'll be back in there at some point soon. Did you feel obligated? No, not necessarily obligated. You know, I think I think he he went about it like you know a really good way. You know, he wasn't like you know like a all stuck up about it or anything like that. You know, we like we really had like a, a conversation man to man and just kinda like just talked it out. Um and at the end of the day I just I, I felt like it was um uh, it was the right thing to do to defer to him, if that makes sense. So Tom reached out to you about the number. Yeah, so I mean he so he reached out to me initially, you know, just just saying, hey, like, you know, just introducing himself, just kinda beginning the relationship and then just like over like the next like conversation or two, um, we just kinda talked it out. Um kind of talk face to face, kind of like FaceTime and just, you know, more, it was less like calling to address the number and more so just calling to begin a relationship. And we just kind of talked about the number as like a side thing, you know, like it wasn't necessarily like the most pressing thing that we've talked about. Was there any exchange for anything or like you just gave it to him? Because usually when someone, you know, comes to the team and they want the number, you know, you got to they got to pay you for it or they got, you know what I mean? There's something that goes on there. So you just gave it to him free and clear, just out of respect. And that was it. Yeah, it was, you know, just, just gave it to him. Uh, <laughs> I, I think everything that I've seen, everybody's always asking like, like, man, like what, what'd you get or you got to do this. And it's like, just, at, you know, at my core, I just, man, like, I just, out of respect, like, I'm just going to give it to him. You know, I, I wasn't like, I heard like looking for anything or like looking to, to make anybody like pay anything it's just you know just just trying to be a good person you know what do you think of your new uniforms they dropped today i like them i think that they're really really clean um i think going back to something a little bit more uh closer to the super bowl era will give fans something i guess something to reminisce on and then hopefully we can bring back another super bowl this year you know that would be i think that'd be really cool so you had a you had a great year last year um, obviously, Jameis was your quarterback. He's no longer there. We know the issues that he had with turnovers and things like that. So what yeah. are you expecting this year from your offense? Uh, that's a good question. I think um, the biggest thing I expect is just I expect us to take a step up um, in our efficiency. Um, I think we did a lot of really good things last year. But the thing that really hurt us was it was turnovers. And then we had a lot of unforced errors or mental errors. Um, but just like year two in the system, I kind of expect that we're going to be able to take that, take that next step. I think guys are more familiar with the terminology, with everything the coach staff is going to ask of us, and we're going to be able to take that to the next level. And then obviously having a guy like Tom, who's, you know, who, who is pretty experienced, to say the least, uh, I think he's going to be able to come fit right in and just kind of, you know, take us to the next step, take us to the next level. So from what you know of Tom, you've spoken to him a couple of times. You obviously mm -hmm. know all about his career, and we all know what the Patriots are. How do yeah. you think he'll fit with the Buccaneers? I think it'll be a really good fit. Um, I think he, I think when you look at the whole situation, I think you have a guy that appears to be really hungry. Um, he appears to be excited for, a, you know, for this new challenge. And it's definitely going to be a challenge or something that's very different for him. But um, coming into a very new psych situation. Um, but the good thing is that we got a bunch of talented guys uh, that, like, that surround him, both skill position, you know, and linemen. And he'll be able to kind of come in and just, just fit right in. Um, I don't see there being any reason why, you know, to expect anything different. Now, Bruce Arians has a reputation of being, you know, kind of a fun guy. He's real chill and cool. Yeah. Is that really how he is? Or is it just the hat that throws everybody off? No, I'm, I, I think it's pretty accurate. Um, like everything like that I've experienced in my first year, you know, he, he's been really cool. Um, he's been like really down to earth and, He's, he's not really, he's, he's a no-nonsense guy. You know, he's not going to sugarcoat anything for you. Like, if you go and expecting everything to be all cool and all chill, like, you know, you're going to be in for a rude awakening when you mess up because he's going to call out, he's going to call you out. And it's not just, like, one person. It's, like, if anybody messes up, no matter what level they're at, you know, he's going to call them out equally. And just as a player, you got to respect that from your coach. Like, he's going to hold everybody to the same standard. 
So um, just like playing with them, like playing for it, like in my first year, has been it, it was it was really really fun. Um, obviously, the production helps, <laughs> but you know just just being able to go talk to him like whenever I didn't understand something and knowing that you know he wasn't gonna like snap on me or look at me kind of weird. You know, just knowing that he had that respect for me as well. What are the fans like in Tampa Bay? Because obviously you guys are going to have a whole different type of attention this year, being that Brady yeah. is there and maybe even some expectations that are, mm-hmm. you know, rising this year with him being there. So what are the what are the fans like? You think it's going to be a different energy this year? Yeah, I, I definitely think there's going to be a different energy. Um, but the the loyal fan base like that that's here, it's a really good core group of fans. You know, like they come out like the last – you know, handful of years haven't been the best um, record-wise. And so for them to continually come out and support us says a lot about, you know, that core fan group. And then obviously, you know, with Tom coming and, you know, the increased expectation and people just want to see, um, I think we're going to get a whole bunch of, a whole lot more fans that kind of hop on the bandwagon. And, you know, and, and that's cool. You know, like, I, I think we're going to have a lot of people showing up to these games, just excited to see it. And, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, we're going to put on a show. So you went to Penn State. I grew up in Pittsburgh. So anyone who grew up in Pittsburgh, for the most part, like you either go to Pitt or you go to Penn you State. Go to Pitt? Um, so did you spend any time yeah. in Pittsburgh while you were at Penn State? Because it's it's kind of far out, but uh, yeah, it's it's a couple hour drive. But uh, like me and my fiance, we we drove out there a couple of times. Just mainly, honestly, mainly in, uh, in search of food. You know, we like there's a, a bunch of like really good food spots out in Pittsburgh. So we went out there and. Uh, I, I, I want to say about five or six times just to grab some food and stuff like that and chill. That's dope. Did you? What was your experience like at at Penn State? I mean, that's a football powerhouse. Yeah, um, it was it was really really fun. Um, I think it was the right fit for me. Um, and then obviously, like once like my first year, we still had the sanctions, but they kind of got lifted like midway through the year. Um, so it kind of gave us like a, a rejuvenated sense of urgency. Like we were just everybody was excited to get to go to a bowl game and. And each year we progressed to a better bowl game. And then obviously my last year I played in a Rose Bowl. So like just getting an opportunity to do that was, was something I only dreamed about when I was a kid. Were you, did you have any hesitation about going there with the, with the sanctions art on the school? No, not particularly. Um, so when I, I had committed my junior year and like the sanctions were already in place. Right. Um, for me, for me, it was more about like when I was making my decision, it was more about going to where I felt like could develop me to like, you know, academically, but also to get to this point on the field, you know, and I felt like Penn State was the perfect fit for that. Um, and getting the ball, like the bowl games back during my tenure there was just a bonus, you know, it was like some icing on the cake. Um, and obviously things, things worked out pretty well for me. So you played with Saquon Barkley. Was there a, a moment where you could tell like Saquon, yeah. <laughs> he's going to make it? Yeah. 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 Um, shoot, there was, um, he, he had this uh, this one run during uh, his freshman year, just during training camp, um, and he was coming in, and I think we had, it was him and another like five star running back that came in, and they were kind of like competing for like the backup job, and like he made this like this long like touchdown run, like he broke a couple tackles, and we we're doing like live scrimmage, and I'm like, we all looked at each other, and was like, man, that was kind of special, <laughs> and then his like his first game getting like real playing time, I think it was like it's like Buffalo or something, it was raining, and like he jumped over a guy that was like. That wasn't like diving or anything. He was trying to like standing straight up, and we were all like, "Yeah, like this. He, he's got the juice. This man, he's real." And it just kind of took off from there. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Um, hope you guys are staying safe and um, best of luck this year. I'm really looking forward to. It. I think you guys are gonna have a special year. Yeah, thank you so much. You stay safe. Thank you. With it, with it, quit. With it, we about to turn up in this bitch. What up, Heller? How's quarantine? It's cool. It's fine. It's fine. It's cool. It's fine. It's cool. It's fine. It's cool. Yeah, I think everyone's pretty much, pretty much there. Bored in the house. In the house. Bored. I think bored in the house. When I'm in the house, bored. I think I feel like everyone's going through waves now with it, because everyone's kind of on a different emotional and mental right. schedule. Of course. So should... Also, depending on like what your living situation is. Definitely. And work situation. But I feel like everyone has, at this point, gone through every cycle that there is to go through of it, whether it's like fear or emotional breakdown or frustration or anxiety. 
or you know joking all the time or this isn't a big deal so oh my god this is the apocalypse like i feel like everyone i've talked to has gone through everything at this point and now we're just now kind of all reaching the point of acceptance sometimes you go go through all of it in one day too yeah sometimes you feel that whole rainbow of emotions it's uh here we are anyway let's talk about some sports here we are let's talk about some sports um what's going on Okay, Tom Brady of Tampa Bay has been the story of the NFL offseason. Tommy splashed a little gasoline on the flames Monday with a dissertation on himself and his career in New England. Brady had nice things to say about literally everyone except old no days off Bill Belichick. Brady's only mention of his coach of 20 years was to say that Bill wasn't even the one who called him on draft day. Spy C. Joy. Tom Brady hates Bill Belichick. <laughs> um... Does he hate him? I think if we define hate as uh, and not in the most visceral term, then yes, he hates him. So he's like strong, he has strong distaste for he him. He has strong distaste for him. So I, I will say with it, he definitely is not filling the boy right now. <laughs> he's off him for real. So. Look, that whole thing, the whole Players' Tribune article or letter, essay, whatever you want to call it, uh, was very carefully written. Tom is no dummy, okay? And I'm sure he had multiple people from multiple different principles read it over. His agents, a PR person, his wife, maybe a trusted friend. I'm sure he read it several times. Any of the, any of the kids? Any of the kids get it read it or not? Probably. Gave it a little once over. He's got some teenagers, I think, so. Yeah. I mean, maybe his oldest. Just to make sure, you know, it has it has the right tone and everything was picked specifically because he knew everyone was going to pick this thing apart to the end of time. And, of course, we're going to notice that you didn't mention Bill Belichick at all except for to factually say that he wasn't the one who called when you got drafted. It wasn't. And then, it, it was like. And then he, he did the. Uh, he did the little like, I think it was Merv or whoever. Yeah, yeah, it was Merv. Like, dude, you remember, bro. You remember who called you. And you remember that it wasn't Belichick. And you've never forgotten that. And that's why you're saying it now. And look, I get it. I'm the same way. As we know, I am a very petty person. If someone crosses me, I never, ever forget it. No, no, no. Uh-uh-uh. No, no, no. Uh uh uh. So I'm gonna I'm gonna store that energy. I'm gonna use yep. it as tackling fuel, and then one day I'm gonna write a very poetic essay and leave your ass out of it. It's so a, it was a very impressive catch and release of that emotion by Tom Brady. Yes, and, and, well. and he and held the, it for a while. And the most um, the most successful people often have a almost unhealthy tolerance for stress, and very very. Uh, extreme emotional discipline because they're able to harness situations that would otherwise disrupt and uh, take other people off their path and keep that emotion steady while not forgetting where it came from and who wronged you Mm -hmm. and being able to still be successful and use that later. And that's clearly what's happening. Now, look, the bigger picture for me, other than the fact that obviously Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are not friends, which I think we can nope. safely say at this point. My thing is, what are you doing, Belichick? Like, what what are you doing? I think we kind of all assumed that this was an understood arrangement between Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. I don't know why I continue to do air quotes. So I'm going to remove that. When understood, <laughs> air quotes. Arrangement. But it did seem like this was always an arrangement between Belichick and Brady that, you know, I'm going to talk to you the same way I talk to every other guy. You know, you take pay cuts. We're going to continue winning. You lead the culture. This is the mantra. But behind closed doors, you know, they have a scotch and a laugh and they're on the same page about it. Well, it's it appears that's not the case. And in fact, Tom Brady has been really kind of eating it for a long time. Now, listen, it led him to being the greatest quarterback of all time in six championships. So it's not like it wasn't a, a, a handshake deal and they they figured out a way to make this work. Mostly, eating it like avocado ice cream, baby. 
so much avocado ice cream was eaten to make this make this champ this dynasty happen but it seems like tom brady is the one who sacrificed the most to make that happen like yep. this was bill belichick's plan it was his culture it's his organization what he says goes even when it comes to tom brady and look like i said it, it's not that it hasn't worked out for tom brady but right. we all know things come to an end. None of us are that delusional that this is just going to continue forever and ever. Of course, the most cutthroat coach of all time, Bill Belichick, cutting everyone all the time, right. not paying anybody, would know right. that more than anyone. And Tom Brady is not silly. He knows that eventually he's going to stop playing football. Right. You should be on the same page. You already knew what the situation was when you let go of Jimmy Garoppolo. So how does Robert Kraft not step in Bill Belichick and Tom Brady get in a room and and Belichick is just nice for once in his life. I, I really feel like that's all it would have taken. And I don't care that Tom Brady has left the Patriots. I take a great deal of delight in it. I right. think it's a wonderful storyline. I root for chaos. I'm very excited to see the Buccaneers this year. We wow. talked to Chris Godwin today on the podcast rooting for him. Like, I think this is fun. I like it. I'm interested in it. I think they make the playoffs. I think it will lead to uh, extra documentaries in the future, which I'm all here for. But the thing about it is when I look at the situation, all I can think is Belichick. What? What? Like you still need talent. Like this whole idea that Jarrett Stidham is just going to slide into Tom Brady's spot and they're still going to win the AFC East, I think is ludicrous. Now, I could be wrong. Probably not. But I could be wrong. And they're still going to be, I still think they're going to be competitive, but it's Tom Brady. I can see Belichick's logic. I don't agree with it, but I can see it. And it's a simple calculation of of floor and he thinks that the floor that jared stidham is starting at is so much is yay much higher than where brady started at when he found him off the trash heap split in time at michigan um and merv called him or whoever that dude was from the patriots um and so i just i see how belichick thinks this way i just think that you know what the real they don't drink scotch joy yeah, that's a Rogers. Kraft's, Kraft's the only one who does, and he, I'm sure he tried. And Tom brought his own like uh, special water, and Bill wanted like I don't I don't know what kind of beer do you think Belichick drinks like a Budweiser or something? <laughs> like he just wanted something. No, no probably like a Sam Adams, because like that's what it's Sammy a, Adams Patriot would drink or whatever. Adams, yep. And then they couldn't even have a they couldn't even have a moment over scotch. So yeah. It, Fell apart there in New England. We'll see. Side note: It's National Beer Day. Mm. You got? What are you? Are you gonna have one? I am gonna crack open a Modelo later today. Ooh, I stockpiled some Modelos before this all started because I knew, I knew that they were gonna go quickly. And the plant that makes them is actually shut down. Real fact. What uh? What are what are you gonna drink today? Um, I'll probably have a, a Modelo, but I actually just put a couple eight oh fives, couple uh. 805s there in the uh in the fridge to cool in the, in the chill box firestone, those firestone the firestone walker I, in santa monica that's right there you're heller's a big beer person not really actually you are a craft beer nerd don't lie i like i like flights because i like to try i like four ounces of beer i like to try different varieties what i really am joy and i have some in arm's reach actually and you well know this because I think you gave me one of these bottles. Is oh, yes. Dog. A hand dog. dog. All right. Are we, do- are we done with uh, Brady and Belichick? Should I read the next thing? We are. What's next on what it quit it? All right. Cool. Let me put that dog away. All right. <clears throat> Jadavian Clowney, Cleveland Brown. We know this story long before it begins about a city that never, ever wins. Mistake on the lake, now bank on the take. Mayfield got ad money, Haslam got truck stops, so I doubt that Clowney will be where the buck stops. Joy, Clowney to the Browns just makes sense. Win it or quit it. Win it, and true or false, you thought you were going to be a rapper at some point in your middle school to <sighs> mid-high school years. You um, had it. First, you had I thought a notebook I that you put rhymes in. What's up? You had a notebook that you stored rhymes in. Oh, I still have those notebooks, Joy. <laughs> I don't I don't currently write, but I got 
<laughs> my pen was something at some point. I don't, I don't really know what's there, but it was probably basically like uh, alternative uh, level angst, but just in rap form. I would, li- I would like to, to hear those at some point. Did, okay, before I, before I continue with Clowny, did you yep. watch Love is Blind? F- no. Such a disappointing answer. It's, it's a wonderful show. It's, I'm not there yet. It's, I'm not there yet. It's, I'm not that far away from where I'm normally at due to this quarantine, <laughs> but it's, I'm, I'm inching there. I watched Spencer uh, Confidential, that really bad movie on Netflix with Mark Wahlberg. I'm, 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 I'm almost there. Okay. I'm almost there. But you... Well, I mean, Love is Blind is an excellent show. And I'm, I, I, I'm telling you because I watched it with Jason when I was in quarantine right. in Miami and he was where you are. And then There's... 20 minutes in, it was like a must binge situation. You're right. not going to get the reference. But for everyone who's seen Love is Blind, yeah. when, um, what's his name? Oh my God, what's his name? Give me a second. Yeah. Is Love Blind? Yes, it is. Mm. That's what they that's, determined on the show. That's what the conclusion is. That's what they determined on the show. Um, when Cameron, when Cameron and Lauren, when he meets, when Cameron meets Lauren's mother and raps for Lauren's mother, I fainted. I fainted. I fainted. I was like, <laughs> they, they had to come check on me. I. He did what? He rapped for her mother. And when I tell you my heart like cannot take, I can't handle awkward situations. I'm not built for them. I can't, I don't, I can't nope. function. I'm just like, all right, well, how do we get out of this situation immediately in house end? In this instantaneous second, the awkwardness has to stop. And mm-hmm. it was as dramatic as I'm making it. So watch the show and get okay. to that point and you'll know what I'm talking about. For everyone who's yep. seen it, you know what I'm going through. Okay, um, so yeah. anyway, right, so. Uh, I love Jadavian Clowney to the Browns. This is perfect. The Browns are doing this move where they're acquiring all of this talent. Clowney is not a big sack guy, as we know. He's played in one entire season, 16 games, mm-hmm. since he's entered the NFL. So he has major injury concerns, which is what's really working against him and Cam Newton at this point, because people want to physically evaluate mm-hmm. you with their doctors, but there's some other things to play as well, of course. Cam Newton was MVP, Joy. Listen, nobody's bigger a fanboy of Cam Newton than me, but it is working against him right now. It's an added thing that people can't evaluate him with their team doctors in person. I bet you won't make a, a workout video uh, to listen to the gospel edited black and white. I bet you how big, will. How big of a fan are you? How big of a fanboy are you? Oh, will I do it? Bet you won't. Oh. No, because then people think I'm making I'm making fun of him, and I'm not. You could probably find a lane for yourself. I'm with you, Cam. You know what I'm saying? You could. Eh, you can. All right. It's walking the line because I'm a big fan. But if you don't know I'm a big fan, then you're gonna think I'm I'm clowning him, and I'm not. Um, but anyway, the point is, yeah. while this is fun and I like the idea of Clowny going there, the thing about the AFC North is we know what the Ravens are gonna be, right? They're not gonna take a step down. The Scurry, Steelers are going to be assume, – we're assuming they're going to be better, assuming that Ben Roethlisberger is going to come back at a considerable percentage of what he was before he left. But have you seen Ben Roethlisberger lately? I was about to say, he's about to be 50% more than he was, if you know what I'm saying. It's disturbing. Like, it's not a good look. I don't understand why more people aren't outraged by it. It's probably because it's Pittsburgh, but I'm from Pittsburgh, and it's concerning to me. Like, you, that's – are in right now. Huh? Beards are in still. Beards are in right now still too. So there's like a certain amount of like. That's not even a beard. That's like, and it was pre-quarantine beard. So this is just what you look like. It's not. It's not okay. It's not nah. a good look. It's not presentable. I'm. I'm all for a nice, you know, a, a, a nice beard, facial hair. I'm a big fan. Okay, I don't even mind long hair, but he's like. <laughs> it's not okay. Nah, so I don't know what Ben Roethlisberger is going to come yeah. shape. He's going to come back in. But the Joe Bengals. Burrow might be with the Bengals. They're going to be Trish, though, even if he is there. Are they going to be better than they were last year? Can't be worse. So where do the Browns fall in all of this? I really don't know, and it bothers me because all the talent that they have there, they should be more relevant. I'm still not completely out on Baker. And the other thing is we still have to adjust to a new coach 
and new coordinators. Like all of this is new for the Browns. So, so uh, Baker already going through all the changes he's gone through. Now the season will be affected in some way or another because of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. So I really don't know what to make of the AFC North right now and everything that the Browns have done in the offseason because they They're this bad, is a really make-or-break year for Baker because Svansky is not his guy and people are already questioning whether he is capable of, of being what the Browns need him to be. And I, I, I'm just not sure about all of it. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking who's the next quarterback name you tape on that super long jersey after, after Mayfield. I'm excited. The Browns are back. They're back to being... Uh, like a the only dumpster fire you want to watch you know it's really it's it's great because i was just i was was, when you were talking i was like oh so the the browns can be hype but lamar jackson's in their division they don't have it they got odell but someone's got to throw it to him it's they had their hype here it was baker's rookie they had their hype last year so now it's just it's just pure chaos it's that pure chaos i love it clowny is all hype too i mean He's played 75 games and he has 32 sacks. Like, I, rem- just, I remember he's, he's vividly. A, he's a better it. run blocker. He is a disruptor. He has the capability of making big plays, but he's it's a just good not football his game. Player. He's a good fo- football player, and I vividly, vividly, vividly will always remember when he destroyed that running back for Michigan in like the 2013 Outback Bowl. But since then, I got nothing. He had that one interception. Like he's. Like right now, ooh, right now, if Alden Smith comes back to anything he was before, who would you rather have, Clowney or Alden Smith? Because Alden Smith's gonna be cheaper. Oh, I mean, if Alden Smith comes back at what he was before, of course, Alden Smith. That's but... better than Jadavian. That's what I'm saying. Is that he's not, but Jadavian is a is a all all pro, so it's everyone can't. You know what I mean? Because the he's lens. not. It's because you have an assumption that at the money that he's asking for. And at his his name recognition level, that he's a right. big time sack guy, that he is disrupting yep. every single play like that. But he has major injury concerns, and he right. is not that consistent of a disruptor. While dis- right. still a disruptor, he's a better run blocker. So I, I, again, like as I'm saying, it's another name for the Browns. But how relevant the Browns are actually going to be, even with all these names, I really don't know because the AFC North right. is kind of unpredictable outside of the Ravens at this point. And but everyone else has something going on. And I don't know what the, you're right. I don't know what the Browns thing is. Right. All right, Donnie, the newly engaged Donnie. Congrats. Donnie did it. She said yes, of course. Congrats to you and Janae. I'm very excited for you guys. Corona love. We're both excited. We cannot wait. I mean, it's times are crazy right now and we're all in, in need of some love and it's love so is awesome. Happy. It makes me so happy. And I really need somebody to do that remix because I've been, I've been singing it to people in the hopes that someone will like pass it along. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I need to get it to your cousin. My cousin could do it. Yes. 360 and who, Oh my God. I, I should know this right now. Remix God. Remix God. Okay. Remix you sound a lot God of- suede. Okay. <laughs> I need Remix God's Way to do that. You remember that song, Computer Love? Say again? You remember that song, Computer Love? Yeah, Zapp and Roger. Yeah, Yeah. Corona Love. (laughs) Anyway. So Um, so what we got going on in high-key, low-key this week? High-key, Dana White is getting a private island for UFC fights. Low-key, didn't we see this in Enter the Dragon? That's a classic. I... Love Bruce Lee. Hold on, I'm prove it. Oh, here we go. <laughs> the anticipation. Ooh, that is dope. Authorized visual history. That is awesome. The coffee books to end all coffee books. It's fabulous. That is awesome. Oh man, I got like that water. Up. So, anyway, I love Bruce Lee. I love Enter the Dragon. Great movie. Um, and yeah, this is what Dana White is doing. He's, no inspiration. He's so getting a private island. I mean, he's not doing the, you know, uh, like prostitutes and drugs, um, <laughs> and the, the mirror room, 
We don't know that he doesn't have a mirror room. We don't know that he doesn't have claws in, <laughs> in his repertoire. <laughs> Man, that movie was wild. Yeah, this is wild, though. Like, so he's talking about flying everybody in private jets, testing all the time. Uh, it's going to be like a fight a week, basically, and the fighters are going to live there. Now, the whole thing sounds like a movie because it was a movie um, for the most part. But I also think it's it's kind of a great idea. Now, he's going to get some pushback, obviously, because people think it's inappropriate and, you know, probably lacking a little bit of awareness. But if he can do it safely, because that's really what this is all about is health and safety. Exactly. Then I don't I don't see why you shouldn't do it. It appears that they're following all the precautions. They're like getting things prepared way ahead of time. And it seems like this is the perfect opportunity to do something like this. Well, one, you definitely don't need fans. So that's, I mean, obviously it's, everything is better with fans. We know that, but this is a particular sport where you don't necessarily have to have a massive group of people in order to have a great fight. A, B, if it's a private island, then you can clearly secure the people that are coming on and off and testing them before they come on and off. So right. that is, is a controlled environment. If it's it's approved by health officials, then I'm fine with it. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. If health officials are saying it's okay and everyone is tested and there's not people coming on and off and there's not fans or massive groups of people, you know, you have individual fighters and their team say that's one to three people. I, I, I think it's cool. And if they're able to televise it, which is obviously what this is all about, I mean, it's not, I don't want to be blinded by my desire to see sports and set that above the health and safety of athletes, obviously, but there is an economic factor to this and there is a mental health factor to this. Not that I'm saying sports are, you know, the be all end all to people's mental health, but there is something to sports bringing everyone together, giving everyone something to root for. And if it can be done safely, which is the entire point of everything that's happening, health and safety, why not? Except for, you know, don't do it the whole way that, what was his name? Was it Han? Han's Island. Yep, it was Han. Drug Lord Han. Man. I I need them to come up with a better name than Fight Island, which is what I'm reading online that, that, that this is what it's being called right now. Fight Island is way too on the nose. We can do better than that. Yeah, I think we could get more creative. I wonder what, I think it was just Hans Islands in the movie. Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, so it would be Dana's Island in this case, which, I mean, it's not bad, but. Fight Islands. I don't know. I'm really bad with names. <laughs> Fight Island is a, a placeholder, but hopefully okay. something better comes up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? High Key Gronk both hosted and won at WrestleMania 36. Low key, Vince McMahon is way more fun than Bill Belichick. Way more fun. I way th- more. I think we've overall confirmed Bill Belichick is not a fun guy. He's been fooling us with those Scotch pictures and then the one pirate picture. Uh, I was fooled. I was onto him from the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> I, there wasn't enough consistency with those. Gronk was amazing. He was everything we expected him to be. That jumpsuit was inexplicable. <laughs> <laughs> but perfect yes um but i actually was very impressed with him like that jump was pretty incredible and i thought all the wrestlers did a really good job i watched a decent amount of wrestlemania obviously it was over two days yeah, but yeah. I-, I can't imagine that is something that while they have been doing you know you know they have still been having rest- having wrestling events wrestlemania is something where not only do these wrestlers like that is the peak of their season and what yes. they're working for their whole careers to perform at WrestleMania. But there's a hundred thousand people and millions more watching on television. It's a, it's an absolute scene. So to go yeah. from that, to go to a training facility, to do WrestleMania with no fans, it was unbelievable that they were still able to do that performance and, and like muster up that kind of energy. And to me, I thought like at some point they would start like, pumping in some crowd sound or something because it yeah. was a little it was a little stoic yeah yeah it, it felt like theater at times like right you're, and i mean i think that added to it for me it it, it it was a whole different experience it put more pressure on the wrestlers i think to show off their skills and it was like it, it felt like fine theater almost yeah it was totally different and by stoic i mean like 
like you heard every word they said you heard every movement they made like every, yeah every punch every flip and i felt like the the moves were more intense because you didn't see like the crowd in the background so when these people are flipping off of the the ropes i'm like oh my god they're jumping really high <laughs> like, this is yeah. crazy so i thought Gronk did an amazing job as was expected and all of them them really crushed it and it was nice like it was cool to have something live that everyone was watching and have you know a sporting event in the midst of all this and i, I think they did an amazing job with it what's next high key the nfl draft is officially virtual low-key will hacking be an issue <laughs> okay so uh, apparently some coaches and staffs are a little concerned that other teams are going to hack them because everything is digital so everyone's looking at new england <laughs> yes yes that, that was actually i think that was thrown out there by uh rick riley the other day on um the herd that that could be a possibility and obviously look they've earned that reputation most certainly but right. Here's the thing, and you know me, Johnny, I think I'm a pretty much a realist. Like some people are pessimists, the glass is half empty. Some people are uh, positive and the glass is half full. I'm a realist, there's water in the glass, okay? And like, that's just how I am. Like I, I believe bad things happen, good things happen. It's just somewhere in the middle. But I'm going to, err on the side of positivity in this case because here's the thing well obviously this is a fear right everyone is functioning online these days and everyone is going to be doing the same thing for their draft so i have a hard time imagining that like for example a team in new england or wherever forget even the team in New England, that any team is going to take the time and energy on top of having to manage their entire draft digitally and scout digitally and go through all these Zoom meetings with all of these prospects yeah. and make all these plans to set every, every individual scout and staff member that's involved in the draft to be able to communicate is also gonna hire a team of hackers to try and disrupt someone else's draft. Like, first of all, the, the repercussions of getting caught doing that would be so dramatic and I don't think I don't think anyone on that team's reputation would ever recover. I don't think that the league would would have be able to remove that stain from the situation and certainly everyone would be fired and the, and the fines would be astronomical. So I can't imagine anyone would take that risk on top of the fact that like what are you really finding out? Yeah, what are you gaining from getting a leg up on hearing the scouts? Right. I, I don't like, know. Like, you'd be better off just paying somebody on each staff to kind of be a mole than you would be to hack into somebody's draft digital draft room. It seems like such a hassle, and, and it could go wrong and backfire in ways that could never, ever be cleaned up or explained. You know, Spygate had a little bit of an explanation. Deflategate, you had a little bit of an explanation. There's no explanation for you hacking into somebody's draft room. Yeah, you're the ultimate villain at that point. You can't recover. No. <laughs> you're done in the sport. It's worse than the Astros. It's worse than any cheating scandal ever in the history of sports. Yeah. So I can't, I'm just, like, I understand the anxiety, but, like, this is happening, and I don't think that anyone is going to hack anyone. It just feels a little, it's a little too Dr. Evil for me. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did he used to do? Mr. Bigglesworth, yeah, that's good. <laughs> awesome Powers movies, I do not think hold up. You know, I have not seen them in years, so you I mean, might... I, I, what I'm saying, like, I'm sure they're still funny, but do the jo do the jokes hold up? I don't know. Yeah, you're right. There's a, there's some movies I've watched, like old comedies as recent. I'm like, oh, that joke wouldn't have made it. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta cut that one. <laughs> Hi, T. Time for the culture report. What's the TT? All right, so uh, Quibi is a new app that launched yesterday. It is a subscription service that's available only on your phone. And some of the hottest entertainers in Hollywood have shows on this app. Um, it's amazing. I mean, you literally get to try it before you buy it. It's a 90-day free trial. Then after that, it's $4.99 a month with ads, $7.99 a month without ads. So it's to me, it's kind of like a win-win. You get to try it out, and I, I, I obviously have it downloaded and everything, and I've watched a couple of the shows, and they're really good so far. And they're short; they're only like ten minutes. Okay, so the shows are short. They're all short shows, right? They are. 
So that's like the purpose yeah, so of the, the platform is to put out like short form content. Exactly. So it's about 50 series and 500 episodes. So like, like, like there's Chance the Rapper. He's the host of Punk. So I watched him punk Megan Thee Stallion. It was funny. And it was only six minutes. What? And then Chrissy's Court, she, um, her show, six minutes. I, I, it was uh, her mom's the bailiff. I saw Luna in the audience, like, good job, mommy. And it was, it's fun and interactive and it's cute. Punk is back? Yes, Punk is back. With Chance the Rapper. How how does everyone not know this? What do you mean? This is news. Okay, I'm definitely getting it now. I Punked is I have been like praying that Punked would come back. And this yeah. is and th that's amazing. I have to check that out. You know what I was talking about the other day? We really need world real world world back. We do. Right? We do. I was just talking to my roommate about that because she uh, had me watch the challenge with her. And she has a few friends that's on the show. And I'm like, how are all these people that are on all these different shows on the challenge? I thought it was just people from the real world. I mean, kudos to them for being on the show, but it was always a real world thing. So what was real I, world? I, just, I don't know why I can't say that. Real world and ro road rules challenge. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I used to love that show too, but we need real world back. Like we need it back. Yeah. It's time. So Netflix needs to bring that back. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. So I have to check that out. What else is going on? Um, also, so speaking of well, shows, so Insecure is back and I'm really excited. April 12th on HBO, seven o'clock Pacific time. Got it in my head. So I don't miss it. I'm really excited for this season. I know that if, if, I'm sure you've seen the trailer and it's that Issa doesn't have a job. She ain't got no man. So I'm really praying that Issa wins this season because I can't with her going another season out here looking crazy. <laughs> I love Insecure. What a time to get this show back to. I'm so excited. We need this. Thank you, Issa. We love you. Mwah, mwah, mwah. I can't wait. I'm so excited for this season. I'm, I literally cannot wait. I can't, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, all right, what else is going on? Um, well, I do want to say that uh, on the, with the trailer, I'm, I am kind of curious if like Molly is going to end up with you know Asian Bay. And then if Daniel's gonna come back, Nathan's gonna come back. I am just curious as to like who they who they're gonna have on this season because I I love like I said I love the show and I just want to make sure that it just continues to like do well like last long. It's one of those shows that like there's not a lot of shows out there like that. No, it's so, a very unique show yeah. and the writing is excellent, obviously. But I just yeah. feel like the thing that makes Insecure for me so special is also because I live in Los Angeles. So I don't know about you, yeah. but like when I see things that are in Los Angeles and I'm like, oh my God, I go there. Or like, you know what I mean? Like there's a different level of relatability to it because I know it. Whereas I feel like if I was watching the show and I was like in Miami or, you know, in another part of the country where I didn't really know Los Angeles like that, I would still love the show. Yeah. But for me, it's extra special because, you know, I, I'm like, oh, I could go there. Or I know like what happens there. But I do feel yeah. like there's a scene in insecure that I can't seem to find in LA. Like where are all these fun people doing all these fun things? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I always have to write down the, the spots they go to. So <laughs> and then I'll look it up like, oh my gosh, that's a popular spot. The reviews are crazy and it's literally like not far from us. So I'm sure that there, we're, I'm sure like we're gonna come out of this season with all these new like restaurants to go to, all these new like secret hiking spots, coffee spots. Because yeah. she finds them all. When this when this is all over, we need to go on like an insecure tour because because yeah. I think when, one time we were at brunch, we were like, we don't know where to go. So now we now we do. We're just gonna follow the insecure tour around LA whenever all this is over. Exactly. Okay. What's next? All right. So uh, so next, uh, speaking of shows, Queen of the South is a show that I've been watching. So I know we're gonna talk about which shows and movies that we've been watching, and Queen of the South is one for me because I've literally. I'm a binger, so you can't tell me to watch a show because if I watch it and it's good, I'm gonna get sucked in and I'm gonna wanna do nothing else with my life but sit there and finish it. And that is exactly what I did. I watched Queen of the South. I got through three seasons within less than a week. And I, I, I feel like my anxiety- See, that is not normal. It's, it's not. But Joy, like, it's so good. I, know, I, I love Queen of the South. Queen of the South is very good. Is, it's so good. It is. And it, it, we, 
anxiety is and i've never had to watch a show joy where i've had to pause the tv because i had to gather myself and prepare myself for this death like am i am i ready for this like i'm not joking at all i've cried i've been depressed and i'm actually i'm happy that i get to watch season four but i'm i don't know where to find it and i'm glad i don't know because i wouldn't get anything done that's amazing. No, Queen of the South is a really, really good show. But that's so funny. Yes, I, I totally understand. Queen of the South is a great show, though. I'm happy for that. I am concerned about the fact that you went through three seasons in a week. We may yeah. want to space that out a little more. But, you know, no judgment. <laughs> that's a lot. So I had to, my heart couldn't take it. <laughs> Well, I watched the uh, I watched the Banker the other night, and it is a great movie. And speaking of Anthony Mackie and Samuel L. Jackson and Neil Long, and speaking of uh, L.A. and places in L.A., it's based in Los Angeles. So it's yeah. really it's a fun watch. I did like some research after watching the movie because it was so good, just about like the story. It's a true story. It's really good, and they both all three of them actually give great performances. Have you seen it yet? I have not, but actually I was looking for it and I couldn't find it, but I think I saw it maybe on Apple TV. It is. It's on Apple TV. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you're yeah, looking for a good movie, today. it's, it's a, it's an, I wouldn't say it's like, it's historical, it's funny, it's interesting and it's really cool. So that's like how I would okay. describe the movie. So you're going to learn something, but also if you're in Los Angeles, you're really going to learn something. Like I was like, I had no idea about this part of history in Los Angeles. So um, I enjoyed it. Nice. And yeah, now I'm working my way through Ozark right now. Oh, I heard that. See, look, I, already, I heard that that's a good one too. And I'm not even going to start. I'm not going to do that to myself. Well, I, I would need, I need, I would finish uh, Queen of the South first, but Ozark is a great show. And I am on the fourth episode of the new season. It's excellent. So I recommend it after you're done with Queen of the South. Queen of the South. <sighs> And I'm going to binge that too and then come back stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really like, uh, I don't want to spoil it for you. You'll like it though. It's good. Okay. I trust you. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure you follow us on all our social media pages at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod and subscribe on YouTube. Our podcast is available on all podcast platforms, iHeartMedia app, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And of course, you can watch on YouTube. Make sure you follow us um, on our Twitter at maybe crazy, maybe I'm crazy pod Instagram. Why can't I talk today? Instagram maybe I'm crazy pod and myself Joy Taylor talks. Hope you're staying safe and staying well and social distancing and staying home. Um, we'll be out of this soon and uh, love you guys. Talk to you next week. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm not. Oh.